You're listening to And what is poppin', everybody? You are listening to the Good Pop Culture Club, episode 178. My name is Marvin Yue, and joining me as always to talk about all the good pop that gets us through our days, we have the once and future professional Asian American, Just Jew. Hey, Marvin. What's up, Jess? You know, does January always suck this bad? <laughs> no, this is actually a pretty crappy January. January's been kicking my ass, man. Like it's mm-hmm. been cold. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't have like, I wasn't like super sick like you were, Han. But like you know, generally like feeling under the weather. Like, mm-hmm. um, like joints are just so frozen. Like every morning, it's just. It's just bad. <laughs> and apologies to everyone else in the country who's actually dealing with real cold yes, temperatures. Yes, I'm sorry, but I'm a California girly, so I mean, don't at me. This is really cold for me, okay? It's one of those winters, and California does get... I mean, we. I remember growing that we had, like, frost in the morning and things like that. We Things do get pretty cold. Yeah. You say this, but, you know, like, Oregon, it's like everyone else is, like, in sub-zero, like, negative weather. So, yeah, yeah. I... I you know, I don't I don't think we can like <laughs> truly cry sadness, but it's gold for me and I'm delicate. Uh, yeah. I've I've still been wearing shorts and like tank tops when it's like daytime. So it's uh, I'm about to and, head to and, Utah to balance the sales. So Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I feel that's true. But I feel like, you know, like mid January is really when things start like getting back into swing, like mm. in the work life. And like everyone starts like emailing again and you it's, you know, the beginning you you still kind of can pull the coming back from the holidays card like, oh, yeah, we're also catching up. But like, you know, around second, third week is now where you're like, OK, are you caught up yet? And I'm like, I don't, I yeah. don't know. We're, we're outside of the hope you had a great new year phase of January into the please respond to my email. <laughs> January. Yeah. 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 Huh. Also joining us, the most professional of culture editors, Han Win. Hey. Hey, Han. <laughs> How's your January going? You feeling better? You you, you recovered uh, from your, your COVID? I mean, technically, I have. It's been over two weeks. You know, I did test negative. I went to a theater and watched Mean Girls, you know. Um, and uh, But then just all of a sudden today, I started feeling sick. So I was just like, have I been oh, pushing no. it? Uh, did I just eat something bad? I don't know. But like, I've also not been going... Th- you know much of anywhere so just because you know other people are also feeling the cold so i don't know we'll see i might just be tired it's been a tiring month for sure my question to you Mm -hmm. is as you know we all come from asian households is your family a heater family or oh no well okay so i definitely grew up in a household where we didn't have a lot of money (laughs) so we definitely didn't have a heater running ever we just piled stuff on. But also it was Texas, so it didn't get that cold. Um, we did have AC because otherwise I would not have been able to live. And when the AC broke, I spent the week at my friend's house. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I because me, my father and my older brother all run very warm. Um, yeah, I, I don't even remember what happened with the whole heater thing because my twin is a cold person. And so I feel like he just had a lot of blankets. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I've I'm been to other, yes. I've been to other Asian households, and I'm just like, why is it sweltering in here? So. Fuck yes, we're a heater house. It's my house. I'm turning on the heater. I'll pay for it, but it is very drying. So you yes. wake up, 
like <gasps> like a shriveled raisin and I've, you need to chug a bunch of water. You know, terrible for your skin. It is expensive. But again, I need to live. So I've got nosebleeds, I think, from heaters before. Um, <laughs> so in that first, you know, the first oh, when it burns out the season when you just, smells, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's like terrible. And I'm just out for a day because, you know, I have I'm like, I have to snow myself what, out with Zyrtec. What temperature is your thermostat set to? Right now, it's 73. Whoa. Okay. So for my cats, I put it at 65. <laughs> wow. But only at night. During the day, I don't care if it's like 50. Like they need to just deal. But at night, I will keep them semi-warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my household, my aunt liked to run the heater at night because she runs cold. But currently, I live with my mother-in-law who is still living the frugal life and refuses to uh, turn on the heater even when it's like pretty cold in my office I mean right literally if it weren't for my cats I would not run the heater at all so you know I would just pile on a blanket I also have an electric blanket and I don't use it but my cats use it so. but I do have a solution what? my PS5 <laughs> runs pretty hot so when I'm <laughs> playing games in my office it's actually so, quite toasty in my, in so my does, down here so does my laptop <laughs> it runs hot too yeah, it also depends. Like you know, um, you know, when when I work, I'm in like a like the upper level, so you know it's warm here. But yes. like my bedroom is in the lower level. There's a huge window, and I'm just like, fuck this. Like I am not, I <laughs> yeah. am not. My my family did not sacrifice for me to be cold in my own house. Okay, <laughs> truly, this is that America. Is the, someone should make a. That should be the basis of a new like Asian American. Mm -hmm. seriously thermostat Film, war right yeah 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 like let's solve intergenerational trauma oh oh i i've solved it i use my dishwasher i like just for regular like dish daily dishes i run my heater my ac wow. i throw away containers and <laughs> yeah jars yeah. um you know like it's fine guys i haven't been struck down and i'm not dead it's gonna be okay Ooh. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of intergenerational trauma, <laughs> um, on this episode, we are discussing the new MCU Disney Plus miniseries, Echo, uh, the spinoff show of Hawkeye, the spinoff show of, I guess, the Avengers, mm -hmm. um, about the titular hero, hero, question mark, Echo, who is a disabled, deaf, um, not exactly a hero, Maybe um, not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. It, I, and Am I, I can't, mixing up my DCMCU phrases? And I here? can't, yeah, and I can't even say vigilante. Um, but anyway, some sort of fighter. <laughs> yeah, she's a crime person who yeah. maybe becomes less of a crime person by the end of the series. Who knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, we're discussing that um after the break. But before we get to that, let's find out what pop culture begins through this very cold week in LA. Jess. What's popping? So I started with my husband, Raymond, this delightfully weird little anime on Netflix called Delicious in Dungeon. It is based off a manga that has been uh, running, I guess, since the like the 20 teens. Um, but, you know, it's not it's basically it's not one piece like you're not dropping into a big lore. But the premise is that you, you know, this you follow a group of. Dungeon explorers in this fantasy world and they basically get um nerfed in this one level with by this dragon and our hero's mage sister is sacrifices herself uh to to save the rest of the group 
Um, so very like Dungeons and Dragons esque. You know, you're like kind of traveling with this group of 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 folks with of different classes with different skill sets. But she sacrifices herself, and um, because of that, last if you were playing a game, they've lost all their inventory. So you know, parts of few members quit. They join another group, um, and he realizes you know his sister has been eaten by this dragon, and they basically have to go try to save her. And but you know the they explain the den the dragon's digestive system is so slow. They basically have a month before she's like completely kaput, and like no spell will bring her back. So you're just like, okay, fantasy series fun, but no, actually. It's a cooking show because they have no food. (laughs) They're like, all right, we got to go in. They have no money. They have no food, very limited resources. So they're like, the only way we are going to get back to that level with what we have right now, because we can't wait and we can't afford anything else, is we're going to have to eat the monsters in the cave, which is like kind of (laughs) taboo. Luckily for them, they meet a dwarf by the name of Senshi, who loves cooking monsters and is an expert and has some studies so every episode you basically encounter a monster there's a, like a you know fun little fight sequence and a little little there's either like a little botany lesson or a little like you know like <laughs> monster animal creature lesson and then there's a cooking lesson and they make food from these monsters it's so delightfully quirky um in the first up and and again like it's really fun how they kind of are able to integrate like the conventions of fantasy like dungeons s dungeons and dragons s like gameplay with like cooking so for instance there's one trap room in in one of the episodes where there's like flame that spews out if you step on a certain Mm -hmm. stone and then our beloved dwarf chef realizes if there is flame there's Mm -hmm. fuel which means there's oil, which means he can deep fry something. <laughs> and then you get a whole lesson as to how to deep fry, you know, karage, like they make karage from like a monster. Oh, from like one of my like, God. So it's so like fun. Um, it's interesting because this is a new anime in Japan, too. So they're releasing it like Holy week crap. by week and we're getting it like the same time. So it comes out every Thursday. They're only like two episodes in. It's just so fun. It's so low stress. Even though, you know, they are very chill. I will say they are very chill for a group that, you know, needs to be at a certain place by a certain time to rescue their friend slash sister. <laughs> um, but it is very delightful. The I can't say the monsters necessarily look appetizing. I mean, they look appetizing, but, you know, it's supposed to be like it's like chopped up scorpion monster meat um and then you know there's a lot of fun humor that goes with that because some of the folks are like very like yeah i'm so interested to try this and we have one character who's like always disgusted by the idea of like eating monsters so you get kind of that it's a little bit of found family um so i'll just i'll just delightful things i think if you like cooking shows you will like this series (laughs) yeah i really like an anime with a a good concept and to be fair this anime is a mashup of two genre conventions in the world of anime, like the the fantasy mm-hmm. world based on RPG mechanics and the cooking anime, which yeah, the is, food porn, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and and I think they do both really well. I think this show actually does both really well, which is why it works. Hmm. Um, How and, is the um, let's say the anime bullshit? Are is yeah? Is there like weird, like inexplicable, like butt no, and no, boob no, stuff? It's, 
No, no, it's very, very G- family PG. Friendly. It's family friendly. There's obviously some like violence um, because it is a dungeon monster slaying. But again, the, the gags are neither too violent nor too se- oddly sexual. So I appreciate that. And honestly, my favorite, my favorite is just the fact that um, the the dwarf chef guy who joins the party, the one who's the expert in the food, they animate him in a way where his face just doesn't move. So it's just like really <laughs> funny because he's just like, like he doesn't blink. You don't see he has a beard, so you don't see his like mouth moving. So he's just like, yeah, like he's just monologuing about like the tenderness of like Mandrake and how it's more tender if you don't, you know, if you leave the head intact, even though that's like the dangerous part, um, you know, or like he's like waxing poetic about how you can ch- use the big scary blade that's trying to kill you to butcher the big bat like hmm. oh how useful is that you know like that that's the kind of gags you get so n- no food po- there's like very like unctuous shots of the food <laughs> but nothing nothing to the degree of food wars mm. cool right. yeah the ha- yeah han what is popping with you <laughs> Um, I guess technically I can just say Emmys because like I watched it and it was actually a pretty decent um award show, I even did though not nobody know it was happening. Yeah, until even after though it happened. Well, you know what? Not very many other people did either because it was very low viewership. Just um unlike uh, last week's uh Golden Globes, which had higher viewership, but it was on that was on a different network. It also followed uh football. So this one was going up against football. <laughs> um, but regardless of like viewership, it was actually super well done. Lots of great speeches. Very entertaining. They honored TV. So there are a lot of cast reunions. Um, Io, our, our, uh, the person that we love so much from Beef and everything else, uh, won big. She also met her uh, idol, who is Mr. Darcy, <laughs> you know, a.k.a. Tom Wamsgans from succession. Um, (laughs) And so it was just kind of like all the best things. Uh, But the other thing I kind of wanted to shout out is I just started Korean class. (laughs) So, Oh, um, how? Whoa. Like in person? No. So, okay. So I am friends with a few other K drama people around the country. We're journalists of color who are into K dramas. And so they were uh, going to take Korean class and it's all virtual. Um, So I signed up for it. Uh, I think the, teachers based in like texas um and uh so we started last saturday i already know how to write um the consonants um the big thing about korean um language hangul is that um the i forgot the name of the guy the ruler who created this alphabet it was it's pretty famous because it's super easy to learn and so you know very quickly like all of us will be able to read things phonetically whether we understand it or not, it's a different story. But um, but already I was like, oh my God, like I'm looking at all these titles now and I can sort of pick stuff out and like I can probably figure out how to write my name by now um, and stuff like that. So it's really fun. But what's also very cool <laughs> is that the uh, teacher is very quirky and funny, but in ways that like my friends found hilarious, but no one else did. So like she's talking about American history and she's like, you know, and so when we 
when the Americans, you know, stole the land from the uh, natives, you know, and, and slaughtered them. So she talked about a lot about colonialism also when wow. it came to Korea. And so I was just dying the whole time because she would like bring up all this bloody history and then be like, so anyway, <laughs> and, then she's just, and then she would bring up like some pop culture stuff. She definitely, uh, she referred to uh, Lee Sung Kun, who had just recently died. She talked about um, Korean media. So she's so outspoken in ways that like I'm all for. Um, she was also, you know, dropping a few like a few K-pop references, uh, definitely dropping a lot of K-drama like uh, phrases that we all know from having watched so many. Um, so, yeah, it was just really enjoyable. She was going all over the place, though. So I kind of felt bad for the people who aren't familiar with any Korean, not having <laughs> watched um that stuff or and also not familiar with history because I'm sure a lot of it seemed like gobbledygook for the, to them. Um, but it was completely in my wheelhouse. And so just that one um, uh, lesson alone made me so excited to learn. And so I'm just like, I got a notebook. I've been writing, you know, my consonants. I've been drilling. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm and it's also, you know, I could feel all the synapses and like n- various neural pathways that were dead and like desiccated, like coming back to life. Uh, yeah. So th- this is basically what my brain's been waiting for. It's just something new, something different. And uh, I love languages. I like breaking down grammar. This is great. That's so fun. Oh my God. You're going to be so like <laughs> pro. You're going to not even need the subtitles anymore because I-, I truly think like just watching content you enjoy in like, the language you're trying to learn mm-hmm. is the fastest way yeah, to yeah. get good at it. Cause that's a sen- that's actually how I picked up the majority of my Chinese. Well, that makes sense. Like I I've been trying to watch Vietnamese content, but there's just not as many good Vietnamese dramas. I'm so sorry, Vietnam, but uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry to the country of Vietnam. Yeah. But you know, you're just not there yet. Entertainment wise. And so I still watch those, but it's also like the dialects are just so all over the place. Um, Whereas I actually can pick out lots of things in Korean, in Thai. Um, I'm starting to recognize a few words in Mandarin, like now, and but also because they overlap with Thai and Korean. Um, so it's it's been an interesting, like, linguistic journey for me um, and hopefully ongoing. Um, the, the two friends I have in this, um, one is uh, a Chinese speaker also, I think Mandarin. And um, another one is um, just, you know, an American black woman from Chicago. Um, So it's just really cool to kind of get everyone's perspective while we talk about it. And we are definitely slacking in our own channel while listening to our instructor. (laughs) um, Just basically very much appreciating her point of view. Good times. Very cool. Love the side slack. I have a side slack whenever I'm in any of my work meetings with my... You, know, you kind of need it because otherwise <laughs> I, you mm-hmm. then say inappropriate things in the meeting. So this is a very I'm healthy always, way. always like when I'm in Zoom, I'm always making sure that like I'm in a private channel and not the general channel. Whenever yeah. You guys like- are so brave. I <laughs> know myself and I would 100% slack the wrong channel oh, no, and no, no, say no. something so off pocket. I create. No, I use a total different slack altogether. It's not a different channel. It's a different slack. Oh, because that's true. I, yeah, we because be I'm on too- Slack, but also on Discord, and just uh, I am also on Discord, but also I make sure every one of my Slacks has a different color scheme, so that way I do not also mistake one <laughs> Slack for another. Um, so I I already know color coded like what I should be talking about. Yes, I have it down to a science. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's me, Marvin. How about you? What's popping? 
So not much in the in the world of like pop culture. I'm still playing a lot of Magic the Gathering on my iPad. Um, but this week and the past few weeks have been consumed with the Sundance Film Festival, which is happening this weekend. Um, I am a producer for a couple of events there um, for the Asian American filmmakers community. And so Jess used to do this with me as well. So she understands how yes, I did. the week of mm-hmm. is just like, it's overtime for something you're not pay- being paid overtime for. But if you don't pull this off, and it's, it's on yeah. you. So. And it's just like there's no you can prep all you want and you will never be prepared because Sundance is just like ridiculous logistically. Like it's it's just so yeah. rushed and intense and the weather does not make it any easier. And it's dumping in Utah right now. So I'm looking forward to mm. um to some snow. Art, do you oh, have your right. snowshoes and your jacket yeah. and your I have all my gear? Things? Um I went and Uniqlo's having a heat tech sale right now, so I Ooh. stopped up on oh. heat tech and yeah, Jess knows because we went through this last time we worked on this together. But you don't know what fires you need to put out until you're actually on the ground. Mm. And so and, I don't and, know what I need yeah. to do until I'm there and realize what's missing, right? It's it's actually like big college vibes. Like you're crammed into like a room with like 10 other people you may or may not know because that's just like what the rooming situation is. Like you, you don't have time to eat. And then all these other places that are supposed to feed you like they consider like a carrot stick food like the, these these like events you go to that say they have like pass hors d'oeuvres there's never a to real be fair, food those there. are usually the asian events because like we mentioned asians are frugal for no reason especially when yeah. if even if they have budget yeah, and it's in, i mean it's also insanely expensive if you're gonna do anything during that like weekend week of the festival so then you're like and then you're really cold and then you had to move things in like your winter clothes and like i always i always used to come back sick from sundance oh, so yeah, sundance i hope plague is definitely, i boosted my vax a couple uh last month um i'm as prepared as i, as I can be but i'm okay. still pretty sure i'm gonna get sick while i'm best there, of luck from. i hope yeah. i hope you get to see some fun movies though yeah. Um, yeah i'm excited so um as always i have not bought any tickets because i have no idea when i'll be free to watch a movie so i'm gonna be playing the and if you've, if you've been to Sundance, you know this, the waitlist game, which is, I think, two hours, right? Or four hours before any screening, the waitlist opens up. And if you if you mm. check in fast enough, just like um, you know, if you've ever been on Southwest, if you check in fast enough, you get um, a number and that's your place in line. And then basically, but then you physically there. have to go get in line yeah. still, like get, two hours before the screening, and maybe you'll get in. Hope you'll get in because someone didn't show up, they get opened up for the waitlist. So if usually if you're in like the first like ten, you you'll probably get in, mm. um, unless, unless that you are in line for Palm Springs on or, premiere weekend or the farewell. Remember? Oh yeah, someday I want to attend Sundance. <laughs> um, but I think there's only two films I'm really interested in seeing. One which is Didi, which is this year's Sundance um, Asian American narrative. It's like a coming of age of a Taiwanese American boy mm. um, story. And then the other is Love Me, which is a here's the, the premise is um, a satellite and a buoy who long after humans have gone extinct communicate with one another and gradually over billions of years fall in love. And they're that embodied be... in human form by Kristen Stewart and Stephen Young. Well, oh my God. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> this is going to be the cutest thing ever or the saddest thing ever? <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both? Sure. I'm fine yeah. with that, that. But it's just a kind of weird Sundance that like 
Sundance. It's very Sundance loves. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not looking forward to the hill. Not looking forward to the um, running up and down that hill in like, luckily it's not sub-zero temperatures. It it hit zero, I think, on Monday. But it's going to be just like, just cold. It's like highs of 30s, lows of like 20s. So, You know what? Please have a chicken soup at that one Brazilian restaurant we always go to for me, just for all time's sake. Yeah, so um, I guess next week I'll have a Sundance update in case I saw anything, and I'll, I'll let you guys know what, what's what's cool. Woo-hoo. I'll let you guys know if the Stephen Young, Kristen Stewart satellite buoy movie is worth watching. Okay. <laughs> I hope it is. Can't wait. Alright. Alright, well, that's what's popping for this week. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about the new MCU miniseries Echo. Stick around. I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. And we're the hosts of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Each month, we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a variety of genres, including contemporary and historical fiction, sci-fi and fantasy, romance and cozy mysteries, and so much more. Our past book club picks have included Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Ribeye, Grace of Kings by Ken Liu, and The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Every month, we also go through the latest news in Asian American literature, as well as chat with some awesome Asian authors about their works. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com, and you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Hey, Ryan, what's black and white and red all over? I don't know, Ramen. Two nuns having a chainsaw fight? Dude, inappropriate. Come on, man. This is supposed to be a podcast promo for our secret underground podcast, Quarantine Comics. Oh, yes. Quarantine Comics, the weekly comic book club where I, ace reporter Ryan Joe, and I, mild-mannered Ramen Sutton, team up to discuss some of comics' greatest works. Or just some really cool comics that we've been wanting to read. From Alan Moore to Uzumaki. From Arakas to Zendaya. From Adrian Tomine to Jean Lun Yang. You might not have heard of half the stuff that we're reading. Or the other half is just pop culture superhero stuff. They could just read the books with us, right? Yes, they could do that, but you could also just send us money. No, Ryan, that's not how passion podcast projects work. Why in the hell are we even doing this? Uh, I'm sure we'll be back by next week's episode. <clears throat> so, tune in each week to Quarantine Comics. That's qtdcomics.com. Set phasers to fun. And welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. On this episode, we are discussing Echo, the new Disney Plus MCU miniseries featuring the character of Echo, who we first met, was it last year? Was Hawkeye last year or the year before that? Do you remember? (laughs) What is time? I did not watch Hawkeye, so I cannot tell you. Hawkeye was 2021. So like (laughs) two years ago, because it was was a Christmas time release. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Uh, The series stars Alakwa Cox as Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, who we first met in Hawkeye as a one of the antagonists. She is the adopted 
daughter of Kingpin, played once again by Vincent D'Onofrio, um, who is disabled because she is an amputee, as well as deaf and communicates ma- primarily through um, sign language. The character is of indigenous descent um, from the Choctaw. Um, and at the end of Hawkeye, is last seen shooting Kingpin in the face because she learns that he was responsible for her father's death. So this series picks up on her story after um, she's on the run, um, escaping from Kingpin's henchmen, and goes back to her hometown of Tamaha, Oklahoma, which I believe is not a real place, right? It's one of those made-up MCU cities? I I think so. I mean... Oh, no, it's real. Tamaha is a real place. Yeah, it's a town in Haskell County, Oklahoma. Right, because Um, we're in MCU. We're not in DC world where cities have fake names. I just know a lot of it was shot in Atlanta, so that's why I assumed. Yes, and I you can always tell. Um, but yeah, it's it's in okay. it's a small town with a population of 176. Wow. Yeah, so the story follows her as she returns to her hometown um, where she must come to terms with her past, reconnect with her um, indigenous roots, and overcome her, I guess, survival instincts to reconnect with her family and community, all while trying to stay ahead of the people that want to hunt her down. Um, so yeah. So I guess to start off, um, what did we think of Echo? Overall, I liked the concept. I liked some of the themes. Um, I like the young act- actor who plays uh, Maya Lopez a lot. Uh, kind of wish we had a little bit more time with her, but we did have a lot of like scenes with her. I do think though, with only five episodes, they didn't give enough space for the massive scale of this story. I felt. Um, so there were some really good fights, um, that I enjoyed a lot, but I also, and, but uh, there were a lot of characters. <laughs> so, um, yes. I, I just kind of wanted more breathing room, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we could talk more about uh, that, you know, dig deeper and what maybe didn't work. And I think, I do think a lot of it is because we only got five episodes, which is kind of crazy. Um, I was actually, you know, I did a little research because anytime you have anything that is, you know, representative of a community that maybe doesn't get as much play, I'm always, you know, my bullshit meter is always up, right? Mm-hmm. And again, non-indigenous can't say, you know, I'm an expert in any sense of the word. But, you know, the first thing I do is I Google the actors and, you know, okay, it looks like it's cast pretty well, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, you know, the actress who plays... um. Maya is herself also indigenous and deaf and does in fact have a um is is a is a amputee uh prosthetic wearer. So I, I, I I'm not familiar with the original, but I'm assuming they wrote like they they may they, they may have changed some aspects or mm-hmm. wrote that into the character itself, which I think was very cool. Um, you know, the room seemed pretty um and like we, we barely get one, you know, like underrepresented community but to have an intersection is very cool um and and have this character kind of be the lead but not but not really having any of those as intersections of her character like be like part of like some tragicness or some like pretty 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 cool for for something that could have easily gone into like more tragedy porn um, like, like I mean, some the other series shows did begin discussed. with the Disney's favorite trope, the dead mom. Yes. So, yeah. so the, that is, but I account that more for I I attribute that more to a convention of superhero comic book than mm-hmm. I would ascribe to like 
like you know indigenous stereotypes or like disability stereotypes right like that's just origin story um and then and then their directors and one who was also an executive director executive producer of the series sydney freeland was also um touted as a producer you know we're indigenous indigenous women and i'm like okay okay this all sounds good and and from my very like uneducated ignorant standpoint i'm like i'm not seeing any glaring like huge yeah. mm-hmm. issues in how they de- dealt with some of the <laughs> some of the uh, intersectionalities of identity um and and but, but i and i thought the i thought the kind of being let into this world i always like learning about new worlds um or new just just a spe- specificity of certain worlds um so i really enjoyed spending time with you know the choctaw her family and just, you know, the, the ASL like communication, just being immersed in the world and seeing how things are done differently or similarly. I always like spending time. And I thought the chemistry between a lot of the characters was great. I just do think that again, they're trying to do a lot in five episodes and that's where some of it gets, I'm just like a little muddled. Yeah. A little muddled, or I'm like, oh, like why, why, who is this person? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I understand in like the convention and the structure, like who this person is, but I am not really feeling it because we just didn't have time to develop it. Yeah, I actually really dug this series, and I, I came in not expecting much because um, I think all three of us have kind of bounced off MCU over the last, like, yeah, let's say two years probably since Hawkeye, to be honest. Um, And I thought like the series was short at five episodes. Most episodes range from like 40 to 50 minutes. And some of the arcs did feel a little bit rushed. But overall, I felt like the show was tighter than I thought it would be. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that some of that has to do with like, you know, this being, I guess, their new spotlight umbrella, which focuses more on like individual stories. And the fact that like this show was reminiscent of like the street level MCU, which like the original Netflix series were, where we're not talking about world ending Mm -hmm. calamities. We're talking about like crime organizations in small town. And I found myself really like engaging with the the series. Part of it probably is this wasn't a show you can just put on and like kind of do other things because you had to read a lot of subtitles. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, oh no, this is just like K dramas. I can't just like tune out a little bit and just listen. So yeah, you do have to focus because you still have to read. And especially because, like, there's a lot of scenes with, like, no spoken dialogue. There's miming. Yeah, you have to follow yeah. the action. You actually have to look at it. <laughs> so, um, um, and I was pleasantly surprised that we didn't have, like, the big bombastic Marvel third act, right? Like, oh, nothing Hawkeye falls had out this of the problem. sky. Yeah, yeah, Hawkeye had this problem where, like, Hawkeye and, like, baby Hawkeye had to fight off, like, legions mm-hmm. of soldiers in, like, the middle of, like, Rockefeller Center. Um, and this one, it was just, like, a fight against, uh, you know, some henchmen and a big dude. And Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin is a pretty big dude. Yeah. He's a big dude. Um, <laughs> I will say that I think if you did not partake in Hawkeye and or Daredevil or some of these other properties, I do think you miss some of the relationship or understanding of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely in the first episode, because I think they are just trying to get through all that. I mean, so half quickly. that episode was flashback. 
And yeah, so, and for me, it did feel like it was like, oh, we are really just like in like exposition on steroids because you just need to get through all this so we can start the story. Um, and I'm just like, oh, the pacing seems off, right? Like it seems like we're getting bullet points instead of like arcs right now. Um, I think the later episodes, they do it in a cleaner way where, you know, we get these really cool, fun like cold opens almost that may or may not be related um, mm-hmm. are often like a different time. And then we kind of get back to the story. But that first episode as interesting as the like yeah. kind of the family setup and the family dynamics were. I'm just like, what is this show? It also reminded me that echoes like Maya Lopez's villain arc is kicked off with Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye's turn as like like a murderer of black and brown criminals right yes and i'm just yeah. like and i'm just like so confused as to like where in the timeline we are like i wasn't expect i didn't know much about echo and like where she sits in the stories of the mcu but then i'm also all of a sudden I'm like wait jeremy renner I'm like mm-hmm. what is what is happening so that that's just a lot of whiplash but i think when we get to oklahoma and we get to like um you know kind of the the more the emotional ties of like you know yeah. like with her grandma and her cousins and her, her i think her uncle her the scenes with her and henry her uncle yeah. are fantastic the actor who plays her uncle who was in twilight by the way yes uh you was know he a werewolf redemption boy? of course yeah. he was a werewolf it's twilight <laughs> um stephanie myers not good on indigenous representation let me put that on the record yeah uh really fucked up actually so uh yeah like he really gets to cook like the kind of like the that like low stakes criminal underworld you were talking about is like really interesting um he also has a shirtless scene (laughs) here sorry yeah no never be sorry and i think this is what worked in like the early success of the MCU, which is like Captain America and Winter Soldier, still probably one of the strongest films of the entire run because that was, in essence, a spy thriller with a superhero on top of this. This one is like a homecoming mm-hmm. story, right? Yeah. About someone returning from the big city to reconnect with their small town roots. It's Hallmark. Um, yeah, but with like <laughs> a superhero layer on top of it. A um, superhero layer on top of it. There is a mystical layer on yeah, top of we it should which... talk about that too like i feel mm-hmm. like so some of this stuff worked for me some of it didn't yeah. um i think in terms of like i read a tweet somewhere of someone saying how like funny how like all the superheroes of color in the mcu p- their powers all derive from like cultural heritage bloodline mm-hmm. mysticism and like it feels really oriental mm-hmm. um I feel like this show is the least oriental of the bunch. And I think that yeah. has a lot to do with the fact that the, the writer's room is so like of the culture and mm-hmm. the direct. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I, I was kind of like, I didn't know how to feel about the fact that like the culture is the power is being used again. Oh, no, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, I also felt weird, cause especially because they open with that. Mm-hmm. And we and, and I do think it's a victim a little bit of the Marvel like shitty CGI. The v, right. And I'm just like, I'm so like, I'm so confused. Like. Uh, it took me a while to understand like this is what you know what they're I don't know how accurate they are to the to the you know like the actual text but like this is part of the Choctaw creation story I'm like okay that's really cool but like are we if we're gonna tie 
like a superpower into a creation story. That's that's kind of like you know if we were framing like a white superhero like like Jesus is who gave him powers. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a little weird to like yeah. tie that in. Um, and and again, I I do think the uh, some of the uh, the CGI just makes it look a little like cheap or tacky so which is hard to like i i I, and i don't have a solution of how i wish it was rendered but i i Mm. i don't know like it it just seemed like a little oddly superhero we to put on something that is like a spiritual or religious and cultural story (laughs) yeah it's it's funny because i think on one hand this show has come such a long way. Like even when you're talking about the casting of like the Twilight guy, you know, and um, and having all this in very great indigenous representation in front of and behind the scenes, um, even having Daredevil, who earlier days of MCU is played by an actor who has sight, and Daredevil was supposed to be blind, and so you're having him fight her, and you're so there's that kind of weird like time-lapse thing where you're going like oh this is this is an odd that they're going like these days this actor might not have gotten this role i don't know um but then you get the cgi thing and you're like well mcu we're used to better <laughs> so it's kind of I, I i don't know what to do sometimes when you know because they have spread themselves so thin and that has created of course like mcu fatigue superhero fatigue um and but then something like this comes along and i'm just like wow, this is something different. And I was like, sort of, you know, like felt like reinvigorated by some of the things that I saw um, because I hadn't seen it before. So yeah, I, I I don't know exactly where I would go with it when it comes to, let's say, CGI. But yeah, <laughs> I think I also just love a good anti-hero. And like yes. Maya Lopez is not a... <laughs> vigilante or superhero she for much like for the first four episodes she's kind of a shitty person right like a shitty friend oh, she kills like a bunch of people <laughs> she, like she's like mean to her grandma and her cousins like yeah she's and you know her expressed desires to like be the big bad like take over the big bad she, and you're just kind of like oh that's yeah she's also should i be rooting for you she's also like a really good down and dirty brawler like her MMA stuff is really good and and like not beautifully, you know, like balletic or anything. Um, it was just really it, it fit the character really well, I think. Uh, so, I will say yeah. my one picky nit <laughs> is you are a trained assassin, ruthless assassin. And I, I won't spoil, but, you know, when you set out to do a job <laughs> and you have no obstacles between you and said job, you would think you would, like, make sure that it is done done. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, yeah, it's the Boba Fett problem where Marvel doesn't want to make its protagonist go all the way bad because but, like, she's she kills make that- other people <laughs> in this you know what i mean but i guess you know if, if that hadn't happened you know this this basically failure to finish a job didn't happen there would be no story so okay That's i get true. it I'll, I'll let it go but you also know just saying from yes. like if you were a ruthless trained assassin <laughs> me thinks you would have done a better job yeah well you know <laughs> of the many things she was able to do this was a maybe a little a quibble for something that is part of your identity just assassin um yeah (laughs) 
there were a lot of great other familiar faces who were not from Forks. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, anyone who has watched Res Dogs, you know, Devery Jacobs is one of the uh, like four or five friends from um, Reservation Dogs. So she actually plays the best friend Bonnie here. Um, Graham Greene, who is basically the one native actor who people know across generations. <laughs> um, uh, I think Jenna Schmeeding, I'm never sure how to say her name. She was in uh, the, uh, uh, what's it called? It was on Peacock. There was a comedy there, but she was also on Reservation Dogs. So there's just a ton of familiar faces. And they all have really a lot of a good time doing their thing. Um, so I, I just appreciate it. And the fact that there were more than I actually recognized was also a good thing. Because it's like, oh, it's not just the one guy we always see. There are a whole bunch of people. Um, so I was just I was just happy to see like this broad swath of some familiar faces, but also just a lot more actors we haven't seen before. Yeah. It really shows you what can come out of like intentionally like diverse content, right? Because Mm -hmm. this is a show that seems like it did most of what, like most of what we wanted a show like this to do. And what we ended up with was an actually good MCU show. I honestly wasn't expecting. Good on you. Good yeah, on I you, feel Marvel. like Marvel has just let us down. We, royal <laughs> we down for a while. Um, and is this the first in the Spotlight series or? It seems like it's the first one that they, they're marketing as a Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Or at least that I've seen. I don't know if Loki was also Spotlight or not. Well, it had a second season. So <laughs> like, does that count? Or That's I don't know true. how they define it anymore, though. But you're right. It is a singular... Um, character yeah, yeah and i think i think the problems are just so much more relatable right it's like a choice of like you could are you gonna yeah there's no multiverse bullshit in this or, series yeah, yeah you don't have to explain time travel you don't have to mm-hmm. explain you know power or like a different it's just it's just very much like okay like you found out the truth that, like you have these two i mean yeah i assume they would if they're going to continue they do have to dive deeper into like the power stuff but, you know, at this point, like the episodes are very much like, OK, this is one world where you came from. Here's all the people who love you, but obviously hold a lot of pain. And then here's this like other world where you are so like that, like offers powers that you're so like well suited to that, you know, you've been you've been raised in as well. So it's just like, oh, like which I was like, oh, that's that is very, very relatable. Yeah. Um, And I do think Vincent. Defornio, I how do you say his name? That sounds like Anafrio. Anafrio, that's <laughs> Defor- that sounds like an Olive Garden dish. I'm sorry, Vincent. Um, he is a fantastic. We know he. We know he's a fantastic actor, mm-hmm. and he is a great villain because he's so scary. But you also totally believe, and and I do think the character has great love for his adopted daughter, or like what he thinks is love. Or I mean, the only Vincent, version of love he understands, right? Yeah. I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio has great sad face, even when he's looking scary. Yeah, so so like when he, he when he enters the scene and he's you know when he's the big bad you have to go to and it's so complicated, um, and he doesn't act like you think like a bad guy would act. It's it's just very interesting, and I'm just like, that's acting, y'all. That's acting. <laughs> I didn't expect a Marvel show to so definitely pull off like a intergenerational mm. drama like the the conflict between Maya and her grandmother 
that was like those are some of the strongest scenes I feel like in this show in terms of mm-hmm. like emotional acting done entirely through American Sign Language, which was also pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really fun to see acting in. I mean, I usually like to I I as people who like grew up in bilingual households, I think mm-hmm. we generally are like understand that there is good talent in other parts of the world in other languages like the world mm-hmm. is not in english um and it, again it's very cool to see how acting is done with asl because it is so inherently physical right mm-hmm. and so you have to and you have to act with your face uh which is pretty great and you can even just tell with the characters like you know how kind of closed off and kind of even how sarcastic maya is mm-hmm. versus you know how like animated you know henry is when he's signing or like you know how how bonnie signs and so i'm just like oh that is a very cool one you know they're in theater there's been a move there's been some productions with deaf actors and um it's it's very cool when that is like done well um and it's just it's i i hope we do get to see more of that (laughs) i will point out that some of the scenes did seem a little like ridiculous not the right word but it was amusing to see like scenes with Maya and Narfio's Kingpin, who in character does not understand sign language or is not fluent in it. There's always an interpreter in the background, just like yeah. just like a political like address during COVID times. Like they needed an interpreter to like sign at the side. And it's either like a secretary lady or like a hostage, right? Yeah. Or oh, both. And I <laughs> and I did put I did put in the notes, did I not? Like my bro. You have been in her life for so long. Why did you not learn ASL at any point? That's yeah. how you know. You're, you're probably a smart man, like which which I actually think you know. Of course, that makes sense for the character, right? Sure. And that makes that I think that kind of hints at the and that hints at the at the like extent of the love because mm-hmm. everybody else in her life, like without explanation or without like having to like make it a big deal, like everyone already speaks ASL. Or already like knows ASL and like that is just part of the world and part of the life, which you know, we understand in the real world, you can do that. You can just all pick up ASL and like create like eliminate that barrier to entry. So the fact that, you know, he proclaims to care for her, but hasn't even taken the effort in all the years that he's been in her life to pick up asl to communicate her but instead okay i will say i think the most ridiculous part is when he has his goons hold her back so he could put a contact in her eye so basically that is the most unbelievable part of this have you ever put a contact in your eye you can't do that so basically he gives her a google glass but a contact so that way he can like sign to her using like technology which means i would love google glass in in contact form Yeah, but also I I totally agree because her eye would be squinting the whole time. They would not be able to get that contact in. Um, I I kind of wish they would have just like made that more of a like a bit like like you so, like you know what you know what this is not working. You have like just put it in. Or yeah, here put these on. Right. It's yeah. Simple. Yeah. Simple yeah. solution. Yeah. I'm sure we have some things we want to say for the spoiler zone. So let's call it for a regular discussion here um, with our final question: Is Echo good pop? Yeah, I, I, you know what, like for as much thought, effort, the the manpower, the right, you know, type of uh, inclusion they created in front of and behind the screen, um, I'm really impressed with how much they did. Yes, I have some quibbles, but I think overall, I think it's worth checking out. 
I agree. Um, I think this is a really fun, but from my so perspective so far, respectful take on this character. <laughs> um, don't quote me on that. It, things may come out, but um, from what I'm seeing, like they seem to do everything in their power to do it the right way. Um, I'm hoping they get to expand more. We get to spend more time with these characters. Uh, and she she is kind of badass, you know. Like I, I googled that. I, I googled her because I was just like, oh, where where did you find this girl? And you know, she was an athlete as well in college. I was like, oh yeah, you can kind of like you can kind of tell. I think she moves really well, and I would love to see kind of more of the family dynamics and like this world uh, play out. Hopefully, in more than five episodes next time. <laughs> yeah. More more of the laser tag complex. I do miss my old roller rink. I think it's like a furniture <laughs> store now. I think mine is a karaoke lounge now. <laughs> yeah. I also thought this was good pop. Um, and I think I mentioned multiple times during our discussion. I was surprised how much I was digging this show. And thinking of it, I was just, I want to see more shows like this where they're playing straight like genre conventions. And then layering on top of it, like the superhero. I think it's mm-hmm. similar to my feelings. Like it's not as good as Andor, right? But in th- the same way that Andor was like a political drama set in Star Wars, like this, like kind of a more actiony Hallmark movie set in the Marvel universe, really worked. And I want to see more of it. I want to see MCU rom com. I'll take a rom com in any way, shape, oh, or form. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for a discussion of Echo, which is streaming now on Disney Plus or Hulu. Um, before we get to our spoiler zone, Jess Han, if people want to find more of your thoughts, where can they go? I'm still on Twitter at Just You Tweets. And I am still everywhere at Anonymous, including threads. I've been slightly more active there. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Marvin. You can find our show at Good Pop Club. We are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Um, check out our fellow Asian American hosted podcast by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And yeah, thanks again for listening to the Good Pop Culture Club. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. All right, so welcome to the Echo Spoiler Zone. Uh, For the next few minutes, we'll be talking about all the more spoilery aspects of the show that we um, didn't touch on in our regular discussion. But, like, to be honest, this show was followed genre conventions so, like, tightly that there wasn't really any, like, big surprises. Um, But there are some things that I feel like um, we could touch more on. Chief of which was, like, I know you guys mentioned that the show felt short because of the five episodes and a lot of things seemed rushed. I felt like her like face turn seemed real abrupt, right? Like she spent four episodes being like a piece of shit, like just in it for (laughs) herself. And all of a sudden she decides to become her people's protector. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know what else I have to say about that. It's just like they had to make her change, obviously, but I didn't get to see exactly what made her do that. Um, well, she had also, a super suit. Yeah, yeah. So fashion? <laughs> I don't know. Um, there was ju- there were just lots of things there where I was just kind of like, I'm just going to go with it. Um, they They set her up really well to have this conflict, um, but definitely the transition felt a little lacking. I feel like if they had more guts, they would have killed one of her family members, and that would have. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. If this was I a mean, true crime still a story. Disney show, right? <laughs> like it's still a Disney show, but which it did push some of the violence and some of the like, like grayness. But uh, like, yeah. here's the thing: I know it's a Disney show, but first of all, we got a lot of like warnings about violence, um, because it was on Hulu, and. So even though I didn't mourn him, the guy at the roller rink, his death was actually pretty bloody. Oh, yeah. yeah he's like gurgling blood out. Yeah. So Vicky, I think his name was Vicky. And so was, yeah. he sucked, but he he went out. Pre- that was pretty graphic for Disney, actually. Yeah. So I was kind of shocked with that, um, which in a way kind of made me feel the stakes a little bit better and the the sort of the tone of the show better. Yeah, I think everything is I think it would have made more sense if we under like there was a lot of showing or or telling instead of Mm -hmm. showing like Mm -hmm. they tell us that like, oh, like her family means a lot to her. Mm -hmm. And they tell you that like, oh, like she's, you know, she's really upset about obviously still very upset about her mother's death and everything. And like you get it on an intellectual level, but you're just like, "We're, we're not having time to like spend together like she like for for some of her like most you know important relationships with like her grandma and bonnie like she doesn't spend like any time with them yeah like or they're like always in duress right 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 it would have been great if we had an extra episode or two to show how she pulled away from them because it was always like bonnie's like had to be exposition girl and was just like we texted and then all of a sudden after your dad died, you stopped texting me. And I was just like, oh, it would have been nice to, to have built that up like as they were adults, you know, yes. a little bit better. So, yeah, uh-huh. I think I just wanted more. I wanted more drama in the superhero story. And that that's on me of like the grandma coming to terms with her mistake, um, because I feel like that kind of resolved a little too quickly too. like, oh, now that you are connected to your generational power, as like a descendant of, you know, magical cave people, we're cool now. Yeah. I mean yeah. <laughs> again, they're trying to do a lot. A lot of a lot of characters, a lot of relationships, a lot of backstory, a lot of cultural things. Um in 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 a very, very condensed amount of time. Yeah. I, I think one of the things I enjoyed that cultural thing was I don't even know what you call it. Like it's the sport that looks like high lie. Uh, lacrosse, it, it, but it's not right because that's it's what not. it's an ancient one. So yeah, oh yeah, the indigenous lacrosse. Yeah, the indigenous sport. one. So it's just like, and I know I've like read about indigenous like sporting things before. They had that in um, uh, Black Panther two, you know. Uh, also that scene like, was a little weird though like the, the like every episode opens with like a vignette of one of the generational you know yeah um people uh, she pulls her ancestors. power from yeah. yeah and the third one the one that's like filmed like a silent movie that one was really weird to me 
Yeah, because it was like supposedly based upon, you know, um, uh, I guess uh, Native groups who had to deal with the, uh, I guess yeah. the white, you know. <laughs> I mean, the story, the story was fine. I feel like yeah. the, the conceit of like filming it as like a or presenting it as like a silent film. Yeah. I don't know. It was trying it just, to ground it in the time, it, but it did it feel goofy. a little... It was so yeah, goofy. It, 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 oh, I kind of liked it. I thought that was just fun. Um, yeah. and, and I feel like, you know, it's an interesting time with like silent movie. And, you know, this is obviously a show where we have to watch a lot of things in silence and with subtitles. Um, but it's just like, oh, but if we have like X amount of minutes, like, should, and I'm a history buff. So like, I'm like, oh, that's a really cool, like, part of history i didn't know but what should we have gotten like you know more backstory about her and her grandma instead or something like that <laughs> yeah uh, so it's again, just that give and take where you're like oh maybe it two more episodes like would have been great yeah <laughs> or even bring it up to the eight you know like so three more episodes would have been great because then we could have had more space to do all these things. Yeah. I feel like this is a show that could have used more episodes. Whereas like other shows with eight episodes could have done. With You're like, less, you need to cut right? the fat. You need to cut the fat. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. And we'll see. Actually, I am. Con- I would be a little like, mm, like just a little. Because mm, like, I wonder if, if they were to continue with another season. Like, is it going to get more Marvel-y now? Like too Marvel-y? Because now, you know, she's more in her powers and i do feel like it was the show was more successful because it was so grounded yeah and i think this show is leading into daredevil because kingpin is also a daredevil villain and they set up with the stinger that he is now considering running for office so maybe we'll get some of that I would this actually obvious criminal love running fuck- for mayor of New York. I would fucking love like a political, like a West Wing in the MCU, but it's like Kingpin and he's evil. Like that would be fantastic. <laughs> what I do we think about that. how he was defeated through the power of therapy? <laughs> it all comes back, uh, back to therapy. trauma. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it, in some way I did, sort of expect something but not exactly that <laughs> so um yeah even kingpin can you know i'll take that over yeah. a marvel third act falling from the sky yeah 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 like at least it's more thematically interesting <laughs> yeah. you know like fitting um so i'm okay with it was it's fine <laughs> i did enjoy his like bewildered was like how dare you Show you my feelings and yeah. runs away. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was funny just because I was like, dude, you kept the the weapon that you killed your father with in a little gift box. <laughs> there was no way that wasn't going to come back and like actually have you deal with it. <laughs> it so oh, he's been saving check it for off, this teaching moment. Check off gun. Time. Yeah, yeah. Check off check off their gun, but make it mental health. Yeah, there you go. And you know, like we mentioned, visit Nafra just really. Like, just acting this, his pants off, being like, uh, the notes was, hey, be a scary little boy, even though you're a huge man. Yeah, yeah. He's like so, like, just big. Like, like him as a person is just so tall. So big. He's isn't he like six something, like six five or something. I'm going to Google this right now. <laughs> I mean, he's come a long way since um, since Full Metal Jacket, you know? Yeah. He's six four. 
which makes the fact that Jacob Elordi is 6'7 even crazier. What? <laughs> oh my God. Did you know Jacob Elordi is 6'7? Well, then how tall is Barry Keegan? <laughs> Let's Google this. I'm Googling. I'm sorry, Jacob Elordi is 6'5, which is still ridiculously okay. tall. All right. Then I feel like Barry Keegan should look even tinier compared to him. So I guess they might put him on, on some Apple box. Uh, <laughs> oh, you have to, by like, like if you're yeah. like, Shooting six seven. I still have no idea six, what that five, film was yeah. about. I don't know if everyone's don't watching. Think, it. Don't, worry sorry, sorry. don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Stop. Don't worry about it. You don't have to worry. Don't worry about, about it. it. Yeah. You have bigger things to think about. Don't worry about it. You got some dance to think about. Anyway. All right. Sorry. Anyways. Um. Yeah. I guess with that. Um. Any last thoughts about Echo before we call it a night? It's like wow. You really. You really can do it if you want to, huh? Doesn't this just <laughs> prove that you can go find a. Because, you know, five, you know, even like two years ago, five, ten years ago, if you're like, hey, we want to make a show, our character is deaf and indigenous, they'd be like, that doesn't exist. And like, <laughs> oh, no, it does. It does, guys. And we were able to find a cast of other wonderful actors. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for the good pop echo spoiler zone. Uh, thank you so much for listening and hanging in there. I'm off to Sundance, so I'll. Definitely report back next week on some of the things if I actually watch anything this time around. But um, yeah, thank you for listening to Good Pop and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.